Hello, everyone. I'm Jen, and welcome to another episode of Alchemish Pod. This week's episode, it is holiday edition. Now, since the episodes are not coming out weekly anymore, I decided not to delay my much-loved holiday episode and kind of take it in a different direction this year. I thought about going super deep with two of the other conversations I already had recorded primed for this week. I decided, no, we're going to do holiday stuff. You know, Thanksgiving, which is celebrated in the U.S., just passed. And Christmas is coming up and Hanukkah is currently happening. So there's a lot of stuff holiday-wise happening. Tis the season and all that jazz. And I personally celebrate Christmas. I enjoy Christmas and the holidays surrounding that. Thanksgiving is more of a food holiday for me. I just like to eat other people's food if they're good cooks. So I'm not really considering Thanksgiving in a holiday format. Also, we don't do Thanksgiving in Jamaica. We recently started doing Black Friday sales, though. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Anyway, long story short... It is the holiday season with a lot to cover with polyamory and holidays. And even for me personally and how I'm navigating the holidays with my partners this year. So I want to talk to you about holidays, navigating holidays with partners or single while polyamorous. I've spoken to different people about how they approach the holidays while polyamorous. I used to maybe see me ask the poll on Twitter and on Instagram. Some people did send their responses. I'm going to be talking about those. There are also a couple of articles where people share with certain news outlets how they do that. And also Kathy Labriola talked to Polly Weekly about some tips and tricks for the holidays, which I'll be sharing with you guys as well. So before I dive into that, Polly pop culture news. Are we ready? Let's go. So TV show You, I started watching that in season one and kind of like gave up because who needs to watch another white man murder people? Anyway, um, the latest season of You did have a non-monogamous storyline. There was a poly couple, interracial, of course, white man, black woman, but we take what we can get. And they had some kind of relationship with Joe, I guess, and his crazy psycho killer girlfriend. I don't really know where You was going these days. I'm going to be honest. I don't watch it. I just listened to all the polyamorous creators talk about it and pretty much tuned out because I didn't care. <laughs> as horrible as it sounds. Not all poly representation is great poly representation. For some people, it's like, yeah, we should be happy we're in the room, but also, did we really need to be there? Was this absolutely necessary to be involved in this moment? And I'm all on team, put poly in TV shows, put different representation of polyamory in TV shows until it becomes mainstream. But we haven't gotten to a point where we've got so much good poly rep, we can start putting bad poly rep out there, in my opinion. And the opinion of some other creators. So I don't know much about you. There was a poly storyline. Aggie is. Joe still kill people. And <laughs> that really narrowed down for you guys. I know. So now we're on to the storyline I'm actually following. New Amsterdam. So we have Floyd, who is our black, amazing cardio chair, well, former cardio chair, who started a relationship with a lovely, beautiful black surgeon, a woman. And she's married to another amazing black surgeon, a man. So first, it was kind of like a don't ask, don't tell sort of dynamic between the woman and her husband. And Floyd was kind of like, I don't want to say he was her side piece, but it was kind of coming off as a purely sexual relationship. But obviously, feelings developed in that time, right? So they have grown deep feelings for each other. They love each other. And so they decide, cool, we're going to tell my husband. Did I mention they all work at the same hospital? That technically her husband is Floyd's boss. Anyway, so they share this news with him that they are in this relationship and he does not take it well. And this is coming at a very hard time in their career where there's a lot of restructuring being done at the hospital anyway. So they're trying to, and by they I mean the 
executive powers that be at the hospital are trying to pit Floyd and his girlfriend's partner against each other in their workspace to ensure that only one survives. It has to do with budget cuts at the hospital and trying to, who cares about that part of storyline, right? I mean, it's necessary, but also not that necessary. So there's a lot of awkward communication happening once everything is out in the air because homeboy didn't even really want to know. Like he knew she was seeing somebody, but he didn't even know she was in love with this man. He didn't want nothing to do with that. And now this is on his lap and he has to deal with that. So Floyd was the only one who was really fully aware, more or less, of what was going on in this time period. Homeboy's coming in a bit blindsided. It's kind of like, yo, like they're trying to pit us against each other career-wise. And also now there's shit with my wife involved. Bro. You know, it's it's a little messy. And by a little, I mean a lot. It does not help when old boy gets fired. Not Floyd. The husband gets fired due to that same budget cut situation. So now he has lost his job. He's no longer the head honcho of the hospital. And Floyd has stepped into that role. Because the, the budget conversation is that they're both executive level, like department chair type surgeons, where both are in the same department kind of thing. So it makes sense financially to only have one, but dirty. It was done dirtily in a way, but not through Floyd. He had nothing to do with the actual cut. So here we are. He's trying to figure things out with his lady. She's kind of like ducking, dodging, weaving. He's like, what's going on? I'm still in, like, we still in this. I don't mind if things are a little bit messy right now because homeboy's unemployed and I technically got his job. I'm in with you. We are in this together. Like, they're fairly healthy kind of V at this point. Fairly healthy, I guess. Because men and more relationships are kind of okay before the firing occurs. So wife is a tip, Floyd on one end, husband's on the other. I forget his name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so all that's happening. And in the mid-season finale, I guess. So the Christmas episode finale, we find out that old girl's pregnant because she'd been ducking Florida. He's like, girl, like I'm in this. I don't care about messy. And she's like, good. I'm glad you said that because I'm pregnant. And now we all up here like, who the daddy? Who is the daddy? I too want to know who the daddy is, but we got to find out in 2022, I guess we'll probably find out who the father is if they decide to go that route. Honestly, I don't think it matters. But I have a feeling it's going to matter a lot for the primary couple, quote unquote, the married and nested couple. It's going to matter a lot, I think, because how do we think her husband's going to feel if Floyd is actually the biological father of her child? Will he still want to have a part of the child's life? How will Floyd feel if he is not the biological father of the child? And the husband is like, what is that dynamic going to be for parenthood going forward? And I do have a conversation planned with some polyamorous parents, by the way. Definitely wouldn't talk more about that. I did have Shanae Jackson Kendall on. She talked a little bit about parenting while poly. But that was the focus of our conversation. Go back and listen to that conversation if you haven't already. But there will be a polyamorous parents conversation occurring soon, just so you know. So things are a little bit messy on the shows. I think you ends with the polyamorous couple trapped in like the murder cage, but then they get out. I guess, <laughs> guys, guys, things, it's, I don't even know. I'm not even going to go there anymore. I'm good. Let's talk about my holiday sweater. So I am wearing a bright pink sweater. It's kind of like game, like Pac-Man style game animation, if that makes sense to people. For those listening at home, for those watching, you can see my sweater. I'm about to stand up and show you all it. So <laughs> this is like 2018, I think, when Drake's Hotline Bling came out, the music video. He did that dance with the 
know when the hell I bling. The heat of the dance. And so this shirt is like a representation of that video. Always with Christmas presents. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the memes, people putting lightsabers, people putting all sorts of stuff on Drake for the memes around that time. So this is presents. And this is my Christmas sweater. And what if I work wives, you know, from my polyamorous platonic work life from when I used to be in a different career <laughs> was the one who put this all together for the wives. So all three of us have these little Drake sweaters. I will also post a picture of the sweater in the show notes so you guys are not completely lost. So yeah, there's that. I feel like I'm really bad at describing this, but a bit of this is just kind of anxiety, right? So with the holidays coming up, things are very stressful for me. I'm pretty stressed almost all the time when it comes to the holidays. My birthday is November 1st. And then, you know, living in the U.S., we get to Thanksgiving, but also it's the anniversary of my older brother's death, which happened on November 8th. And, you know, my aunt also passed away, I think, on November 28th. So it's just, there's a weird time in November around Thanksgiving and holidays that is wrapped up in death and also my birth. And then when we get into December, one of my great aunts, like my mom's aunt, actually passed away on Christmas Day a couple years ago. So it's managing that while also being polyamorous and having long distance partners and now living in a new space. So not being around people I usually would spend Christmas with, including my father or my mother or any of like my parents or super close friends. So this holiday is very transient for me, very complicated. I'm not even thinking about it too hard. I keep forgetting it's the holiday. Like in 2020, we had the excuse of the pandemic. No one was really traveling. And if you were, I was looking at you funny <laughs> for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. And now in 2021, when the world is back to normal, except for the Omarion, yes, I know it's Omicron variant. There's, there's a lot more at stake. And I feel like, especially with my life right now, holidays are weird. So I've casually mentioned this on the show before. I have some connections. I am talking to people. They're both long distance, the ones I'm talking more seriously to. Um, one is in the Southeast and the other one is in the West. Just go West. And obviously I'm not spending any holidays with them. I haven't even spent a birthday with them just based on scheduling, things like that. So I was sitting here thinking like, wow, like your primary polycule, friends, family, and romanticish connections included are not anywhere near you right now. How are you going to celebrate this holiday? What are you going to do? I do have some other friends I can spend the holidays with. I do have some family members I can spend the holidays with, but these are not my, these are not my people. You know, these are not who I would usually go to for these situations. And I knew I was not the only one dealing with some weird shit like this. The holidays are complicated in general. Like it's dark outside if you live on this hemisphere, the Northern hemisphere that is in the southern hemisphere it's like freaking summertime around christmas but for us in the north it like it's cold it gets dark early like we going through a lot right now we going through a lot so how do you decide who to spend the holidays with when you are polyamorous again shanae casually mentioned her thanksgiving setup so a bit about her holiday setup in her conversation with me about hierarchy which i think is very important and related to by the way but like, how am I going to celebrate these holidays? So for Thanksgiving, I'll just give you backstory. So for Thanksgiving, I stayed home. I had leftover Indian food. I did not go anywhere on Thanksgiving day, or I didn't go to any like pre-Thanksgiving events either. I was not into that. I was not about it. I wasn't interested. 
I knew that I had plans for the weekend. So I wanted to make sure that I had enough strength and mental fortitude to deal with people. I'm not an introvert, but the girl likes to be alone. So Thanksgiving, I spent it on my futon, like watching TV shows, eating leftover Indian food. It was great. I don't regret a thing about it. For Black Friday, I actually went to an event with two friends. It was like supposed to be like a games night, a Thanksgiving games night sort of thing. I didn't play the game they were playing, but it was still a good time meeting new people in the area that I just moved to, getting to know them. That was still a fun time for me. There may or may not have been some kinky shit occurring, but it was nice. That's all you need to know. And it wasn't anything too deep. So there is that. And then on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I went to brunch. There were some fellow podcasters in town. So we had Bomber and Belle of Black and Kinky and also Adam and Kelly of The Naked Relationship. They were here. So we all went to brunch together and we hung out. We pretty much spent all day together. I had to dip for a couple of hours to take care of some podcast stuff, but I, I came back out. We spent, we spent some time together. That was really, really had a good time with them. But I always have a good time hanging out with Bomber and Bella. And now this brunch situation was fun. Adam and Kelly, so great to see them in town. So I just, I mean, it was a good time. I had a great Saturday. And then Sunday, I spent all day in bed. I did not get out of bed until 5 p.m. No, I'm not exaggerating. I ate my first meal of the day at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. <laughs> and, but I was happy with that. You know what I mean? I saved up my energy on Thanksgiving Day so I didn't have to be around any family or friends or anything like that, just so I could be centered with myself and be thankful with myself and do things I actually wanted to do that weren't work-related, then I was able to have fun. And then I recovered and now we're back again. So like I said, it's December 1st, we're heading up to Christmas. Thanksgiving's already gone. I don't care how y'all spent your Thanksgiving. I do, you can tell me. But now we're focused on Christmas and the holidays surrounding Christmas because that's what I celebrate. So I guess the broader question is, how do you celebrate the holidays when you have multiple partners? Sometimes they live in the same city, sometimes they don't, different places, different strokes, different folks. Like, do you spend it with only your blood relatives, with your close friends? So I asked this question pretty broadly. How do you celebrate the holidays while you're polyamorous? So I'm going to read some responses to you guys now. And if I read, I'm probably just going to say it. It's fine. So one person replied they lean into family of origin with their kids on the actual holidays, but invite partners to participate if they can. And they tried to schedule like a polycule festive event within a few days of the holiday, just so people are welcome. Like not just their romantic partners, but also friends, family, anyone who was in the polycule, they include them in this festive event, which I think is a great idea. So I'm all on board with that. If you have partners and metas and people who are in your polycule and they're willing to all get together for some kind of holiday activity, even if it's not on the actual day, I'm on board with it. Y'all should do that. Another person said that they have a nested partner and their nesting partner actually alternates which holidays they spent with who, doing what, and that this person's partner is not really accepting of them. And so they're excluded from holiday events and it was difficult, but that they've spent more holidays alone. And they created their own traditions for themselves and friends and family. And they sometimes go back home to visit their family. So again, that is a very valid way to spend the holidays. I know someone else who spends the holidays alone. They don't meet up with friends or family. They take that specific day to reconnect with themselves and reflect about what the holiday means to them. I know someone else who exclusively spends holidays with their chosen family and with their friends. They don't worry about meeting up with biological or blood relatives or nesting partners, any other partners. They're making this a purely platonic event. 
And of course that can get a bit complicated, right? Like for me personally, a lot of my friends are in romantic relationships. And so it's a bit odd for some of them to be like, wait, you want me to spend the holiday without my husband? Yeah. Yeah, girl, I do. Like you, you see him all the time. Like, uh, but also like I'm not tied to one specific day for one thing. So if Christmas Eve is a huge thing in their household, I'm like, okay, cool. We can have like dinner on Christmas day or like boxing day. You know, I'm not tied to one specific day when it comes to Christmas. New Year's is my favorite holiday. And so for me, I definitely care a lot about bringing in the new year with people I absolutely love and care for and concerning the year, how I mean to go on. So surrounded by love, laughter and chosen family or romantic partners. I mean, I don't really kind of the whole romantic partner New Year's thing. I'm, I'm being super honest about that. But if this is someone that I was going to have in my life, regardless of their current romantic status, someone I wanted in my life forever, I wouldn't mind spending New Year's with them. New Year's Day, like we can probably have like a brunch. We can do all the stuff. I'm not, but New Year's Eve, like ringing in the new year, I want to do it alone or I want to do it with my close family and friends. That is just my preference. So everything else, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm okay. I, I don't mind. We do it however you want to do. And so, of course, one of the people that I am connected to is a married person. And they also have another partner on top of that. So I'm not going to be like, hey, like, you know, what are we going to do for Christmas? Because Christmas doesn't matter to me, right? So for me, spend Christmas with your wife and kids. Spend Christmas with your other partners. That's totally fine. doesn't bother me at all. As long as you're considering me on that day, we're able to have a conversation. We're able to have some connections. We can schedule some time around the holiday. I'm okay with that. But New Year's, it's difficult to kind of like, because I'm not the only one who feels that way, right? Suppose one of my connections, other partners, is super into New Year's. Like, what are we going to do? Are we going to alternate New Year's if we have this long-term relationship? What if we don't have a long-term relationship? Like, am I going to regret not spending New Year's with this person? It's there's, there's levels to this. There's layers to this. So for me, I'm absolutely open to having metamors, my partner's partners, come to any kind of New Year celebration as long as we have a solid relationship. Solid relationship doesn't mean we're best friends, doesn't mean we're practicing kitchen table, but that we're respectful of each other and we respect each other's relationships. So I'm not going to have, and sometimes your partners have partners you don't really agree with or get along with, right? That ain't your business. But I'm not going to have hate and ass Sally come to my private New Year's Eve party because she don't want to leave the man alone. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be like, mm, I'd rather you just not be there. If you're going to be spending it with her, I would rather you just not be there at my thing. Because I don't need that kind of negative energy in my space. Like when it comes to New Year's, I'm moving with love, with abundance, with purpose. I don't want that kind of negative energy in my shit. Like what am I going to do with that? I don't want it. So those are my thoughts. Those are my feelings. I feel like I'm talking a lot. I probably am. So now we're going to talk about how some other polyamorous people celebrate the holidays. So let's go. This one is from Bustle. Did we read this before? Maybe. It was from several years ago. So possibly. But yeah. So there is someone who says they spend the holidays with their immediate family. So parents and siblings and avoid talking about their polyamorous connections. And having a poly support network helps to get through this rest of the holiday seasons. So they don't talk about their personal life. They don't talk about any of that stuff with their parents and siblings, but it's good for them to have this network on the back end that they're able to support and lean on for support in this time period, which, you know, shout out to them. This other person says, I spend it with family on the day of, 
but I celebrate with partners and friends before and after and count those times as my real celebration for the holidays. There is a lot of family obligation that comes with the holidays as well. If you are not completely estranged from your family or super distant when it comes to holiday stuff, there is an expectation you're going to spend it with them. So I understand this kind of layered angle to it. Like I spend the actual day with my family, but everything around it is what I consider my true holiday celebration with people I love. This other person says, right now it isn't a big deal. I'm only dating one person and their family lives out of town. I'm going to my mom's house for Christmas. I think my partner may do a Jewish Christmas Star Wars and Chinese food. We haven't decided. I made up a holiday to celebrate with my friends and chosen family. It's the week between Christmas and New Year's. We vote on a day. It's called Mudita. I think that's also great. Like you make up a whole holiday and you dedicate that to your close friends and family. So there's that. And then there are other people who do holiday hopping, right? You go to different events on different things. So for major holidays, like you go to your parents' house, if you live local to your partner's parents, right? You go, or your partner's family, you go to your parents' house, you go to your partner's parents' house, you go to friends' houses. I did a lot of holiday hopping when I was a kid. I like to stay in one place or maybe only two places. I don't like to be moving around too much, doing too much shit. I like to have time to digest <laughs> my meals. <laughs> if that makes sense so this holiday hopping thing works for some people if it works for you great i'm on board with that um the other person says we decorate the tree and open presents with the kiddos we put a lot of stock in random decorations wine and having anyone who doesn't have a place to be over for the night there's definitely icky christmas music and lots of doofy giggly and silliness whoever has nowhere to go comes to us i think is also very sweet if you are able to be a host or hostess or host person Opening your home up to people who don't have anywhere else to go, who you love, amazing, love it. And a lot of people, you know, it's just ways of compromising this thing, right? So this person, which I think is very important, they're a relationship anarchist. So a lot of these conversations have been more focused on single people or people who are nested with others. So this person's a relationship anarchist and no nesting or primary partner, which I think is super important. Um, so it says, most of my polycule are busy folks with our own children and obligations. So we often have a third day of Christmas. There's Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, we usually spend with our kids. Boxing Day slash second Christmas, which those of us with extended family sometimes spend with them. And then a third day, the 27th, where as many of us as possible get together to celebrate. This year, two of my polycule are arriving here on the 27th and the rest sadly won't make it. We're often separated by distance, so it's pretty rare that we aren't all together, though we do try to do at least a phone call, video group chat when we can. Just like there are tons of different ways to be poly, poly folk have many different ways to celebrate the holidays. So there is that. I think you just, you gotta pick what works for you. But compromise is gonna be the big name of the game. Like, what do you feel comfortable doing? How much can you extend yourself? And also not wanting to be with someone for the holidays is not necessarily an indictment on them as a person, right? It's a very individual decision. Like me choosing to be alone for Thanksgiving was a very individual decision. It had nothing to do with my friends, my family members, my romantic connections and partners. It was about me and what I wanted. And I think that we have to bear that in mind as well. So this is now a post from Polyamory Weekly, Polly's Survival Guide for the Holidays by Kathy Labriola, also from 2017. 2017 was a big year for Polly decisions, by the way, apparently. Um, so Kathy Labriola wrote an amazing book. I will probably try to link it in the show notes because I've forgotten the name of it right now. I think it's a jealousy book, if memory serves correctly. I'll link it in the show notes. So we're talking about different tips on how to 
survive the holidays if you're polyamorous. So tip one, think through what would be ideal for you. That's the most important thing. You're going to be out here overextending yourself, doing things you don't want to do. What's, what's the point? You're not going to enjoy that. Think about what you want to do. What do you actually want to do? Keep your needs and desires also at the forefront. And keep those in mind when making plans with people, friends, family, partners, kids, all of that. Keep that in mind. Tip number two, make time for conversation with each partner and family member about their needs and desires and plans and hopes and fears around the upcoming holidays. So for some people like me, I've had a lot of death in my family around the holidays. I could be the person who wants to be alone. And that is my preference. That is my primary way of celebrating. Or I could only feel happy, like surrounded by love, surrounded by friends and family. And maybe that has to be taken into consideration, right? Because the holidays are a hard time for me. Just an example. Just throwing that out there, right? So keep that in mind as well. You can't just assume you know what your friends and family and partners want to do. You got to have to talk to them about it. So number three, make a list of everything everyone is asking you to during the holidays. Identify the conflicts and think carefully about what compromises may be possible. So if you're invited to 10 Christmas Day dinners, you cannot make it to all 10. Like I'm just, there was not enough time in the day <laughs> to make it to 10 Christmas dinners. So you have to put your priorities in place. Like what are you willing to compromise on? You're invited to 10, but you can't physically go to 10. What does that look like? How can you still connect with your partners and be there for them, family, friends, etc., without stretching yourself beyond what you're capable of doing? Clarify expectations about holiday gift traditions as well. That's another one. It is an awkward moment, like when you go to a holiday thing and you didn't realize that gifts were being exchanged with everyone and you're the one who didn't show up with a gift. It's a little awkward. Like, let's talk about that. And also, like your partner buys you this big, amazing gift that you wanted. You didn't know you were exchanging gifts and your gift giving doesn't come naturally to you. So it doesn't really cross your mind like that. And so they gave you this big, amazing thing and then they feel some type of way because you didn't get them something because they like, it's just layers, layers, levels. Clarify those expectations. If you are expecting to give and receive gifts this holiday, if you're okay receiving, but not giving, if you're okay giving, but not receiving, all those things, talk about Please, please do it. The other tip, whatever amount of holiday events and activities you think you can do, do less. And I'm on board with that. If you sign up for five out of those 10 Christmas day dinners, five is still a lot. Like how, how you gonna manage that? What if it runs long somewhere? What you can't, it's not always appropriate for you to just run in and leave at every single gathering. Like do less. Do a little bit less because at the end of the day, you will burn out, right? Like you have horror stories about plants looking fine on paper and then turning into a nightmare. Like you thought you could do something with someone, but something else happened or something else ran along and you weren't able to do it. You're disappointing yourself. You're disappointing your friends and family, your partners. You don't want to run into that. You to manage your time, manage your time as best as you can. And also communicate, 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 communicate. Don't just not show up somewhere without talking to someone, especially when they've included you in certain plans. Just saying, consideration is key. Tip six, don't make the holidays into a test because if you do, your partners will fail. A lot of people make the mistake of seeing the holidays as like a test of their partner's love and commitment. I think this is also held over from like monogamy, right? This is definitely a monogamous culture thing. Like he spent Christmas with someone else. So that means he doesn't love me. That ain't got nothing to do with you. Like that ain't got nothing to do with you. 
you know, these arbitrary expectations and tests and everything that you're putting your partner through for the holidays, live up to some hallmark monogamous ideal of a relationship. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. It's not worth it. They're going to fail. You're going to get hurt if you're putting all that on them. And like, also, like I said, it's, it's different from having a conversation about what your expectations are. You guys having an agreement about what the plan is and then that changing without some kind of consideration. But don't don't just be out here bullying dilly, throwing shit in the ether and be like, oh, they don't love me because I didn't do whatever. No. <laughs> so the other tip, if you're thinking of including more than one partner in a holiday event, proceed with caution, talk through any problems. Super important, right? I'm okay having multiple connections at the same event, but not everyone feels that way. Talk to them about it. Work through the problem. Like talk about if you're practicing, don't ask, don't tell, polyamory. If you practice in some kind of, you know, situation where never your partner shall meet, inviting them both to the same Christmas party to be your date, there's a lot of fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys have to talk about these things. You can't just, and especially if you don't tell them, it's like, oh yeah, you know, like, come come with me as a date to this Christmas party situation. It's like, oh, and by the way, three of my other partners will be there. It's going to be bomb. Mm-mm. It is not bomb. It will not be bomb. It will not work out the way you want it to. You just gotta. Mm, mm. Do I need to say more? I need to say more. Y'all got me. Y'all got me. So another tip is when poly holiday plans go awry, be willing to apologize for any mistakes and problems and do aftercare as needed. Also self-explanatory. That is also tied to communication. Like you have to be honest and open. Like if something fucks up, just admit that something fucked up. Apologize for it. How can you support your partners? How can you make this up to them? And that's what the holidays are a big deal for people, right? So talk about that. Figure that out. Um, whatever you do, don't try to fix that particular problem by promising them specific things like next holiday because you will regret that. More than likely, things will be different in a year. Nothing is the same ever. Things don't live in a vacuum. Nothing is really static. Things are always changing. Don't be like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't go on this perfect Christmas vacation with you this year, but next year, for sure. I promise I got you. No, 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 no. <laughs> so those are some holidays, tips and tricks. I think these are very, very handy things to go by. Talking to other people about their experiences also definitely helps a lot. So I guess my question for you guys is what are you doing for the rest of your holiday season? How are you navigating the holidays with your polyamorous partners? I will absolutely be including this on Spotify as a question that I would love to see some answers to. But I'd also like it if you just tweeted me at them. I'm going to tweet these things as well and post them on Instagram. Trying to get some responses. Tell me, how are you navigating the holidays while Polly? And so that's the end of my episode. That's the holiday episode. No gifts this year. No gift suggestions because I don't know what I want. I don't know what anybody wants right now. So <laughs> no gift suggestions this year. I think these tips and tricks would be super helpful, especially as we are going back out into this world. So now that I've told you all these holiday tips and tricks and shared some holiday stories with you, let's talk about where you can find the podcast. You can find us all the time, all the time at monogamishpod.com. That's where the detailed show notes are. That's where the transcripts are when I eventually put them up. That's where everything monogamishpod is, monogamishpod.com. We host this podcast using Anchor, which luckily distributes us in a lot of places. So Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc. Just type in Monogamish Pod and there you can find us. You can find us on Twitter, 
Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. That's Babbage Pod. Just very pretty cohesive branding, right? If I do say so myself. You can find us on Patreon for bonus episodes, behind the scenes stuff, bloopers, detailed like secret stories I don't share on the main podcast. Patreon.com slash Babbage Pod. I would absolutely appreciate it if you guys would write us a great review on Apple Podcasts. This definitely helps us boost in the ranking. Share us with your friends. Like, whatever podcatcher app you listen from, share us with your friends. Let them come on over to the Monogamish Pod side. Make them follow us on Twitter. Instagram, not like you. should do that. But otherwise, just encourage your friends to support the podcast. Like, tell everyone that you know about it. If they're curious about polyamory, deep into polyamory already we've had some super great guests over the past couple of seasons you can find lots of information here so cheers with your friends and family you can find me directly jen at Ken on twitter instagram i think i have a website i do have a website <laughs> um i have two other podcasts bachelorettes which is a bachelor nation slash recap podcast that drops every thursday they also have a romance novel podcast called stacked bit behind now just because my pod partner and I have both been hella busy and other stuff but we 2022 is gonna make that happen so I'll put the links of course to those in the show notes on this website I'll also put the links to the articles I talked about what else is support our merch shop you can click the shop button on monogamishpod.com or you can go to monogamishpod.threadless.com and buy your merch today I'm still coming up with some fun ideas, not necessarily holiday related, but just fun merch ideas that I definitely want to put in for 2022. So look out for some weeks and changes there. And also, if you are able to support the podcast financially, because it does take a lot of work to get these transcripts done, hosting everything, whatever, where the content I'm putting out support the podcast directly through our Patreon, patreon.com slash monogamishpod, platform must protect exactly that. Or you can send stuff on Cash App, on PayPal, you can just message me directly. There's also an anchor support feature. If you listen to us through anchor.fm slash pod, there's an anchor support button. You can support us that way as well. So I think that's everything I have to say. Once again, I would love to thank you guys for listening to the podcast and supporting us. The next episode will be dropping on December 15th, and it will be a conversation with a pretty well-known polyamorous influencer. So once again, I'm Jen, and this is Monogamish Pod. Have a great Wednesday.